Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today we're going to be discussing the second day of racing in Namur for the European Championships around the Citadel. As yesterday, Issam is here to discuss the action. Welcome, Issam. Yes, thank you. In case you missed it, go check out our podcast of yesterday when we discussed the women's elite racing as well as a bit on the women's junior and men's under-23 race. And today we'll discuss the remaining races at the European Championships, starting off with the men's elite race. Men's elite race was won in changing conditions. How did that play out, Isam? Changing conditions indeed. I mean, uh, before the start, it started to drizzle a little bit and... Just a little bit of rain was enough to change this parkour totally compared to what it was over the over the week, especially on the Saturday. And um, yeah, changing conditions, so it was very unpredictable in the beginning what was going to happen. Also for the riders, at the start we had a very uh, alert Iserbeet who was going very well. The others were following quite well as well. But then it was the off-camber for Iserbeet that was uh, bringing difficulties uh, for him. He had to uh, run that off-camber and then uh, his chain uh, fell off. But he was able to to pick it up with one paddle stroke and then was able to continue his uh, race. But obviously was, uh, you know, lost a little bit of terrain. Van der Haar was looking very good and Van Turnout was also up there. And um, one of the maybe surprises on this course was Laurens Zweig was able to also uh, show himself at the front. At a certain point, Lars van der Haar looked to be the stronger guy. But, like we said, changing conditions. And it was at a certain point everybody was trying uh, things out just before the couples climb. And uh, most of them felt it with a crash. Um at a, at a certain point, Lars van der Haar was the, the one that looked to be in control of the race. And then a flat tire. The flat tire that maybe changed the race or was just continuation of what was going to happen. Van Turnout looked better on the off-camber, was more in control of his bike in those sections. And uh, one more crash of van der Haar made just sure that Van Turnout was going to be the one that was going to cross the line first. Lars van der Haar... Had a very good race, but just in the off-cambers, made too many mistakes and, and couldn't get any further than second place. Allowed in Sveik, best of the rest, I would say, two minutes behind, but in third place. I'm quite happy for Van Turnout. He's such a nice guy, always plays the second man in the Paul Sauzer team for Iserbeet, and now he gets a title. It's a course that suits him. I'm happy for him, and I genuinely think he deserved the title today. Yes, Van der Haar had these crashes, those were his own mistake. He had a puncture, which was unlucky, but I don't think that the puncture was the decisive factor in today's race. Look at the course. Because of the rain, as you mentioned, it was completely different. The downhill section was super slippery, it was running, in the beginning they still tried to ride. And we know that Van der Haar is not a master in these type of conditions. It's slipping and sliding, you need courage, you need balance. And Van der Haar is technically a very good rider. He is able to go fast through the corners. But you have technically in terms of cornering. And then you have technically the abilities you need to have in Namur. And in Namur they are almost incomparable to any other course. The off-camber... Van der Haar had a mare there the entire day almost. Almost every passage he was floating down to the lower lines, tried to get up, needed to get off, needed to run apart, tries to hop on, then doesn't have enough speed to take the hill after. It's just not something that Van der Haar excels in and that's not a surprise. In all the years that we've gone here I think that Van der Haar has never done super well on this course and now it was not as muddy as it was before. 
the super steep long downhills that they were a couple of years ago they are gone they have been replaced this year by a bridge and the course has been reworked a bit but still you need to have the confidence on your bike to fully send it more towards mountain biking skills and the only really tough part was the section onto the cobbles and he lost there every lap on van tourenhout part of it is down to confidence the other part is that van tourenhout just has the advantage because he has longer legs and has more ability to just put those legs down make bigger steps and just put his heels into the mud and boop 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 come down in a way van Haar didn't have that today so i think that to answer the question you kind of asked in the summary was this a continuation of what would have happened or did the bad luck decide i think van Turenhout was the strongest and would have won regardless yeah i can only agree on that i think that van der haar was definitely the one that is going into this race or went into this race with the better form but van Turenhout was just on this course overall better and um, i think that in the climbing it was very close between the two but if you just look like you say in the off camber, you know, Van Turnout was I wouldn't say flawless, because I think that there are definitely some riders that are able to do it better. But he just did the job and he was able to go through that off camber without that many mistakes. Actually none. And you know, sometimes he has to get out of the pedal and and, and, and try to get through, but you know, Van der Haag was was losing a little bit more time than he was, and I think that you know, eventually, if you if you take out those those things, then it would have been a different race. But that's not uh, that is just if you want to speculate. I think you know the course right now. That was the course that we had to deal with. The rain was um, in favor of Van Turnout, and it wasn't for for Van der Haar, and that was what uh, what we see in at the end of the race. And I think that the puncture definitely didn't help. But it, you know, just made sure that it was, you know, the, that the that the progression of Van getting to first place was just, you know, made sure that it was a bit sooner than um, rather than later. And I think that in the end, Van is definitely a, a, a good champion. Uh, is always somebody that brings up the fight to the others. You know, he lacks a little bit compared to them, but he always, you know, is 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 up there. And I think he's very consistent over season. And like you said, he's a very good team player as well, and he he always is there for the team. And I think that um, that that there are going to be enough people that can live with Van Turnout as champion. He might not be a champion that wins 10, 20 races a season, but he definitely gets his wins this year. He already won two exact crosses, maybe not the most important ones, but he still wins them. And every year he gets a couple of wins. He's not a big winner or really a championship killer. But he deserved the title for his effort and on a unique course you will get a more unique winner and that's just the way it is. If you're going to host the World Championships on the Koppenberg, you will get a different winner than if you host it in Pont Chateau. And that's part of the sport and we should deal with it. It's, in my opinion, what makes cross beautiful. So many different courses and every course can have a different rider excel and today it was Van Turenhout. He was lucky with the rain. Without the rain, I think it might have gone to Van der Haar based on the form, because as you said, he was in a better form. Then Sve could maybe have been in the mix, but it is what it is. And Van Turenhout is a champion, he deserved it. And I think Van der Haar can only blame himself for the mistakes he made. Without it, he could have been in the game for longer. But then again, that's just the type of course Namur is. If you are not fully confident or it's just a bit above your abilities, you will struggle. 
Van Haar second, I think it's a good result for him, but third place for Zweig, let's go and talk about that then, unless you still want to say about something about Van Haar, feel free to do so then. But Laura Zweig, third place, also a very good result for him, because this is also a disaster course for him with all these super technical features, downhills and climbing. I said it already, but I think, you know, for Zweig, for me, it was in a way a surprise. You you predicted him on the podium. For me, I thought that um, there were going to be some other riders that, that were going to fight off for, for, for a third spot on the podium. But the guy is in form and the guy is, is going well. And even on a course that doesn't suit him, he's able to secure a podium. And I think that obviously... It helped that, that the likes of Anizerbeet and, and Hermans were nowhere today. Um, I think we will talk about them later on. But for Zweig, it's it's a it's a very good season. And I think that when we are going to races that suit him more, that we are going to definitely enjoy a lot from him. Because I think that the form he is in right now, I don't see that there is going to be a dip from here. He's going to probably stay in, at the form where he is right now. Uh, and hopefully, if he stays out of injuries, he's yeah, he's definitely going to be able to 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 bring up the fight to the likes of Iserbeet and Van Turnhout and Van der Haar. Yeah, of course, a strong showing by Sveik. Normally, we would maybe expect Sveik to be behind Iserbeet, but Iserbeet had bad luck today. He said he was feeling well in an interview after the race with Sporza, but then he made a mistake on the off-camera. He had to hop off, and he thinks he stepped in some hole in the ground. And he felt like he snapped or pulled something around his left knee. And he couldn't put out power anymore with his left leg. So eventually he thought it was wiser to retire. He'll have it checked up tonight. And he said he felt a bit of numbness or just losing feeling in his left leg after the back injury he had this summer. Which caused him to stop his mountain biking campaign. He said that the feeling was not quite the same but it was... a bit of a feeling that he had in some other races as well so it's not been ideal for him and he will have that checked out tonight so we will know more tomorrow or the day after so it's just unfortunate for him about Hermans there's not really anything we can report Hermans was up there in the front in the beginning of the race and then faded and DNF'd he hasn't given an interview and there's been no statement by the Tormans team so we'll just need to wait and see Let's look at our entire top 10 then, with the gaps being so huge at the front, there really isn't a lot analysis to do based on that. But Van Turenau took the win ahead of Van der Haar, Zweig, and then the fourth place went to Joris Nieuwenhuis. In fifth place we find Kevin Kuhn ahead of Philippe Orts with a really good result, Michael Boros in seventh ahead of Tom van der Bos in eighth, and the final two spots in the top 10 go to Mees Hendricks ahead of Timon Ruek. Let's start by talking about Joris Nieuwenhuis. I have to retract my words I said in the preview. I think that there I said he was a bit overrated going into this race based on a super strong race in the World Cup of Maasmechelen. I thought that this course would be too heavy and that he lacked cross feeling, but a fourth place is again a super good result. I thought he would top 10, but fourth, okay, fair enough. It was super close there. He could have ended seventh or eighth if he was just 10 seconds slower, but he ends fourth and fair play to him. It's really... The talent, again, don't need to repeat everything we said in Maasmechelen, but that cross-talent, which we know is in him, is showing once again. Yeah, indeed. Bit of a shame that in the coverage, you know, it was shown kind of the battle for, you know, from 4th to 10th in a way, but we didn't see much from that, and that was a bit of a shame, but I think that for Newhouse, uh, like you said, I think exceeded our expectations today. You know, still, it is two two minutes and 48 seconds behind the leader uh, from Turnout, but... 
you know, it definitely is a is a promising outing from him, and I think that this is this is going to be a good season for him. I think, and I, I, you know, for Nice, we have already heard that the better days will come, and if this is not the good days, and it will only improve from here, I think that. Um, that that is definitely someone that that will be um, you know scoring some more top fives over the course of the season. I don't think right away, but definitely going into the months of December, if he's going to pick his races a little bit more carefully, then you know I think that he's definitely going to be able to to run a little bit more consistent in the top five. Well, it's a matter of is he able to continue this improvement i don't know if he's now tearing on freshness or that this is genuinely the level you will see the rest of the cross season for him if he's able to make another step then he will definitely be up there fighting with the likes of Zweig, van der haar van Turenhout, out and well hermans is taking a break now but you get the bigger picture if he's able to make another step he will be fighting with the riders for wins. it's really not that far that he's off i mean okay the gap today in namur is huge but it's very a typical course. Imas Mechli wasn't far off the spot starting all the way at the back. If he can keep making solid improvements, then he will be seriously fighting at the front. And I think that is what Cross can use. They can use a talented rider like Nieuwenhuis for a bit more competition because Paul Saus is now often pulling the numbers against Paul or uh, against Trek Balwas and Trek Balwas have Ronar coming through and Nice coming through. And if they keep progressing with Nieuwenhuis and Van der Haar I mean he's getting kind of old but he's still up there so if he's able to do that then it might be that the Paul Sousa domination days like we had in the early season this year are over and that we will see them needing to deal with more other riders so I was again highly impressed by him I haven't been really following the sector times so closely but I think that he made the most differences on the uphill part which is from the start towards the top of the citadel and then again after the off-camber, which really showed that it was more strength today than his technical ability. And that was what we saw with Lars van der Haar's teammate as well. The Belgian commentators were a bit surprised that van der Haar was like from 20 seconds he came to 14 after he made that crash in the horseshoe downhill. But in reality it was the same happening every lap. Van der Haar gained time on the Citadel, then lost the time on the section towards the off-camber and... He lost a bit of time on the cobalt climb and on the off-camera from Tuchonat extended his gap and then it was a status quo. I think Newhouse had a similar term like lap division and it just showed his strength. However, there's much more to talk about than Joris Nieuwenhuis. It's on we see three non-Dutch and Belgian riders in our top 10. First in the places 5, 6 and 7, Kuhn, Orts and Boros. Who are you most surprised with? I can start with the least surprise. I think Kevin Kuhn was definitely the one that we both kind of expected to, yeah, to be the the, the first of the non-Dutch Belgium riders, in a way. I think we did, but it's still a very good result. Don't forget where he comes from. That's more what I want to say. We talked about it in our preview. He could get a top five. I hoped for a top five for him. He gets it. It's definitely not a surprise based on the level we saw in Tabor, Rudeford and Maasmechelen, where he got top tens. But don't forget where he's coming from. This is uh, one of few riders that gets the chance to be on a Belgian team that isn't from the Netherlands or Belgium. I don't know if he's fully based in Belgium. I don't think so from what I remember. And he's making solid progression year in, year out, and it's super good to see. Now continue. What, what about Orts and Boros then? I, I think Orts for me is 
maybe the bigger surprise than Boros. I mean, for Boros as well, he has been going quite well. But Orts in the beginning, you know, struggled in some races and then had some good results as well. It was difficult to, you know, find the line in terms of his form. And I think that, you know, Boros in his outing, especially the one that I can recall the, the most, uh, his performance in Tabor, where he finished in the top 10, and just overall, I think that he started quite well this season. And for him, it's, in my opinion, a continuation. And for Orts, the course as well, you know, it's difficult to put a course on his name. But definitely, I think that, you know, with his power, he was able to to get into sixth place. And I think that overall, you know, all these guys definitely had a very, you know, very good performance and actually outstanding in a way. And it's good to see that, you know, in a top 10 that we have also other nationalities fighting it out uh, for places in the top 10. And that's definitely something that we, we all love to see. And I hope that that is something that we're also going to see in, in the more consistent uh, classifications like the World Cup. Yeah, Orts is such a question mark to me. I like him and it's nothing to do with that, but I just don't know what type of course suits him because we are in Namur, which is a heavy climbing course. It was a bit slippery today and he gets a very good result, sixth place. Last year he was racing in Namur the World Cup as well. He was 18th. It's a big leap forward for him. I think I always have the impression at least that he is so good on the faster, more racy technical courses, which we see him do well on in Spain. But in reality, he might excel on the more muddy courses. Look at Ardoy this year. He gets a second place. Remember back to last year, he did super well in Leuven, which was a muddy race. But then at the same time, in Maldegem, post-world championships, he gets a 6th place. 13th at the Worlds in Fayetteville is also a very good result for him. So, I think he might be more all-round than we think, but just a bit too inconsistent in terms of performances. About Boros, I would like to touch upon him as well. I think that it might not be a huge surprise that he's up here in the top 10. But last week, it was a bit rough. In Maasmechelen, 14th, and then a DNF on the Koppenberg. He really looked bad on the Koppenberg. I don't know what was up there. Maybe just an incredibly bad day there. And if you have a bad day on the Koppenberg, well, you are far from home, even if you live right next to the course. I think that was more the case with than with Boros, that he just had a rough weekend last week, maybe hard training and was good now. But also Boros, he is, I think, 31 or 30. He's been around for ages, at least that's how it seems for me. And he's had some seasons that he really looked to be the new guy for the Czech Rolls way in the early days of his career. At least that's how I remember it. I don't even know if this was fully correct or that I'm confusing him with anybody else. But I think I saw him in the top 10 way back in on the Hotont in 2014 or 15. Well, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's definitely a good result for him. And this result here in Namur on the European Championships is definitely a continuation of that. So... Yeah, happy to see him up there. And the same goes for Ruek. Ruek was, I think, even a bit higher and then lost a lot of time. I think he had a puncture. So good to see the more multinational top 10. It's the first time Belgium only has three riders in the top 10 of a World or European Championship since 2010. In the Tabor World Championships when they had three riders in the top 10. So that's the start of the day. Furthermore, Tom van der Bos, kind of where we expect him, and Mace Hendricks, solid showing. First year elite is definitely making himself a common name in the top 10 and we'll see how he progresses from there 
Yeah, definitely. And like you said, I mean, all these riders had, had their moments and technical issues as well with the punctions and stuff. So there's a lot of unheard stories as well. I mean, Kamp was was a story that we actually had seen. And, you know, the way he, he went on the in the downhill just before the couple section and almost making the split crashing twice uh, you know and you know from there on it was for him a bit difficult to get in the rhythm again he was um, i think solid in the in the top 10 and then just fell uh, a bit short and, and finished 13 so but that just tells a bit of the story of, of this race it was very very difficult to to maintain a position and i think that um yeah that that it was spectacular to watch for the viewers but definitely difficult for the riders themselves to to get through the race yeah, there's a very nice word for that in Dutch, which is called fouten lost. It means the the pressure to stay flawless and not make a mistake is high. So it's a course on which it's very easy to make a mistake. So the fouten lost is hoog. It's easy to make a mistake. And that means that if you avoid making those mistakes, you will end up in a good position. Kamp made one big mistake when he was running in a very good place, and that cost him a very good result. Unfortunate for him, but that's just the way Namur is always. Let's go and talk about the women's under-23 race then. That was a pretty, well, boring race actually. It was not what we had expected. We were expecting a battle between Puck Petersen and Sheeran van Androoy, but after Mari Schreiber, as always, took the quickest start, Puck Petersen quickly overtook her and immediately opened the gap. Van Androoy was called back after a bad start, was involved in some incidents, and then needed to move her way to the front, but it was clear that she didn't have the legs because she couldn't follow Burkier. Burkier rode away in the background, but that was far behind Puck Peterson. Puck Peterson was leading at some point by over a minute, calmed down a bit in the last lap and took the European title in the under-23 category. Lien Burkier ended second ahead of Sheren van Androoy. So I think that I have solved the mystery about why Puck Peterson would be riding here in the under-23 category. I heard Femme van Empel say yesterday that she wanted to make the decision to move to the elites at the Dutch mountain bike championships already, that she wanted to race with the elites there, but she was too late with announcing that to the race organizers and that she wasn't allowed to do that. So Puck Peterson might still be racing in the under-23 category simply because she wants to do the mountain bike season with the under-23s. And if she makes a decision in cross, that might apparently also count towards mountain biking. I am not entirely sure if this is true but it has been suggested by a couple of people and would at least make a lot of sense as reasoning to stay in the under 23 category because in the mountain bike category despite that she's very good she's winning most races together with Burkay. Burkay wins and Peters is usually second that might make sense I don't think she has a level in the mountain bike to race with the elite it's definitely a bit confusing as well because I think that you know, it shouldn't be hampering someone if 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 they want to make the decision for the mountain bike to go under twenty three, and then have to also, you know, that that decision will also go over your cyclocross career in a way. And I think you know maybe they should look into it if it actually is the case, uh, like you stated right now. And I think that that it explains a little bit why the decision was made. But the way she was riding in the under twenty three, you know, just shows that she's definitely someone that that and we didn't need this race to know that she is someone that that, that has her place in at the elites and not in the under 23 and 
that behind there, Burkay was was definitely going very well. The two uh, have raced each other uh, a dozen of times uh, in the World Cup under twenty three with the mountain bike. And uh, now they they met again, and I think that you know Burkay definitely someone with a big engine, technically super strong. I don't know how they they do it, the uh, the French uh, in terms of technique, but you know they are always most of the time they are quite good on the bike technically, especially when they come from the mountain bike. And I think it was very visible, and that is that is a truly a good, great talent, and I think that. That is someone that we might hear a little, a little bit more of uh, in the future as well. And we hear a lot of right now. We'll hear a lot from her on the mountain bike, that's for sure. She's so good. She's winning almost all the under-23 races. Only Buck Peterson comes close. They've had quite some duels there. But Burkier usually pulling at the longest end of the stick there. Her technique was good, but it's not a measure for all French riders. You have Amandie Fouconet sixth here. Her technique is quite terrible. She's a powerhouse. She only does well because of the power sections here. I don't know about Durafou. Honesty has a decent technique. I don't think it goes for all French riders. In the junior men's category, there's a couple of French riders that have good technique. Others are atrocious. Junior women's race yesterday, I saw one French rider that was absolutely flawless on the off-camera, a couple of others that were struggling, crashing every other lap. So it's definitely not the case for all of them, but Bruquet is definitely technically gifted, probably takes that from the mountain bike as well, and we'll definitely hear more from Puck and Lynn Bruquet in terms of battles on the mountain bike in the next coming years. I do agree that the rule is weird. They should limit it to discipline if you make the decision to move to the elite on the road, it should be only be for the road. If you do it for cross, only for cross, etc. Makes much more sense. Peters, however, just simply the best today. Looked pretty fine technically. Nothing really major. Looked nice on the off-camber. But she raced on the dry course. So we can't compare the lap times to yesterday. And we can't compare it with the men's elite race. As they raced on a wet course. What we do, however, know is that it was pretty obvious. Van Androy said it after the race as well. She had an off day. Didn't have the legs and came third it is what it is she will focus on the rest of the cross season for the rest in the top 10 some names is there anybody who you thought was an interesting name or surprising disappointing one to discuss disappointing not really but i think that um, schreiber and fast starts are you know synonymous as the moment i mean you know they every time we we start and schreiber is uh, a little bit at the front she's going to be the first one going through the first corner and um, also the one probably finishing the, the first lap uh, in, in the first position as well. So that was definitely uh, nice to see her go um, get around the track. And it looked, you know, it looked very good, but just a bit of bit too much of a drop off at the end of the race. Buckstad had a very hard crash in the, in the opening race. And I thought that that was going to hamper her quite a lot. And I think it maybe did, but on a course that maybe doesn't suit her that much. She had obviously her sections where she could use the power a lot. They were able to finish well, and I think you know those are definitely the two that that are for me most noticeable in the top um, five right now, but in the top ten as well. Yeah, Baxter got a good race in after she had been struggling the past couple of weeks a little bit, but then again we discussed that then the courses didn't really suit her either. 
Schreiber didn't really have a drop-off in the race, as you said. Her lap times were pretty consistent. She only had one lap which was a bit slower, but she was at some point behind Backset again, and then her penultimate lap was super fast again. She was matching the pace of Van Anrooy, Burke and Pietersen, who did 8.27s, Schreiber did 8.29. And then in the last lap, she was a bit slower, probably because of tiredness, but still gained time on Van Anrooy and Backstead. So I don't think that really hampered her. She just sets out fast and sets into a rhythm quickly, and today kept that rhythm up the entire race. Definitely a good result. It's also good to see Olivia Onesti back in the top 10. She had a really nasty crash in last year's cross season and she's slowly working back through the road campaign as well. So it's nice to see her in the top 10 as well. Final mention on Kristina Zemanova. The Czech champion was very disappointed with her 8th place. She said she came for a top 5 and that didn't work out. Unfortunate for her. I don't know what type of rider she really is but I haven't seen her do well on courses like Namur before. Then a brief mention of the men's junior race, Leo Bissot took the win there ahead of Daniel Wies Nielsen and Guus van der Einde. Interesting there was that there were two Hungarian first years in the top 10, Barnabas Vash, he was fourth, he is the brother of Blanca Vash. And then we had Zsumbor Takas, also a first year junior from Hungary, he ended in ninth. Multinational top 10 with Slovakian Schwarzberger in the top 10 and... A Danish rider in second, Wies Nielsen uh, behind Bissot, French rider, was nice to see that as well. Well, Isam, then I think we've covered all the racing here in Namur. Thank you for being here. Yeah, packed weekend. Thank you for having me. We will be back later this week on Wednesday with an episode with Jeff Proctor. He is the director of the Eurocross Academy and he will be telling us about the European block of racing they just finished with the Americans. They had some American juniors over, won the Koppenberg Cross with AJ August. He'll be telling about his program, the block here, and a lot more insights on how Americans develop in cross. And then on Friday, race day in Neil, we will be back with a race recap then. See you guys then. Goodbye.